My name's Rad, and I want to tell you about the Transformers. My curiosity is aroused. Transform and rise up! Calling Autobots! Calling Autobots! This is a battle protocol! Robots with emotions. Robots who can die. The rest Hey folks, and welcome back to Transformers Tuesdays, the fan hole spinoff show where we talk Transformers all the time and every time. I'm Mike, I'm going to be your host tonight. And uh, joining me tonight, I will take a page out of the book of the leadership of Optimus Prime. Uh, like, you know, let's start this podcast. Derek, Justin, go start the podcast. Oh no, uh, I'm the only guy who wasn't coded with anything worth a shit. I better run away. Hey, what's up? This is Derek, Derek WC. <laughs> Derek, you finally came up with a plan. Ooh, so it's yeah. time to plan shit. I'm only the fucking leader. <laughs> you mean you don't have a plan? Who's had time to think up a plan? So yeah, this we're calling this like our, our season two uh of Transformers like spotlight episode, like um I think we were just like Justin was just kind of rewatching like various season two episodes of Transformers. And we were like, like, you know, like usually on the show, like, you know, Derek's, you know, usually a little dismissive of season two. Like, I mean, we don't you know, we 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 all don't hate it or anything. It's just like, you know, there's a glut of episodes and they're all, you know, kind of toy selling done in one. So like season two tends to be overlooked a little. So like, you know, I, I figured, you know, we should maybe spotlight it a little and like pick some episodes. Maybe we haven't talked about, maybe, you know, we have a soft spot for, and like, you know, we haven't discussed on this show before, but, uh, but yeah, like, I, I mean, like, I think we're going to go in broadcast order. We each picked an episode to, to bring to the show. And I think Derek, yours is the first in broadcast order. So why don't you take it away? Yeah, so I decided to bring The Gambler from Transformers Season 2. And I was telling the guys that I learned something today. I know I know, technically it's, it's supposed to be right before Justin's episode, but I think I was like today years old when I realized it's like sort of a indirect sequel to Child's Play because I was like, oh, wait, they're in that stupid rocket that the kid had or whatever that they're flying home in. So I, I don't, I don't think I realized that it was a continuation or anything. Cause I wasn't like super paying attention to it. But since we're, since we're doing this for the show, I was like, Whoa, I didn't, I, I, I don't think I noticed that. And I mean, there's the, the, the 50 paragraph, whatever on the TF wiki. And Mike has a really cool TV tropes one. So I was trying to find something, but these, I don't know. I, I don't know if it does it justice, but here's uh, here's the Cybertron.com synopsis. In space, an alien gambler named Bosch captures the Autobots returning from the events of Child's Play. Using the other Autobots as collateral for currency on the gambling planet Monicus, Bosch forces Smokescreen to gamble for the freedom of his comrades. Meanwhile, an Autobot bounty hunter arrives looking for trouble. And that's... That's uh, I don't know that 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 seems rather short sighted synopsis. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff going on in like this like 20 minute episode. I mean, they, they have the I mean, the, the, the gambling stuff and the the it's like I, I, I was I was kind of baffled by it because I was like, wait a minute. So the Autobots get captured by this dude on a freighter and the freighter can't go. So he's going to put the Autobots into slavery basically like he's like okay you guys are all slaves now and then to get out of it smokescreen like basically fixes his what the hell do you call those i, I can't even remember what this his slot machine he fixes his slot machine uh, with his little remote uh wire or whatever so that that he you know he gets all the 
you know, the three hearts or the, the three spades or whatever it is, right? So he can hit the jackpot. And then Bosch gets the idea like, hey, with your talents and, 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 and you know, my whimsy, we're going to make a crap ton of money. So they go to the planet Monicus, which I believe was named after Monte Carlo. And then they try to get some collateral or they try to bring the Autobots again as collateral to get some Energon chips to gamble with. And then they run into Lord Gaikany, who is basically the, I don't know, the, the head pit boss or whatever on Monicus. And he's got his little toady aide named Sleezardo. And Gaikany basically gives them this high interest loan, like 50 Energon credits. And... They have to pay it within the hour. Otherwise, the Autobots are forfeit. And it's like, what is it? It's like Prime and Inferno and Bumblebee. And um, I'm trying to remember who else is there. Perceptor, I think. Like, so, so like, basically, yeah. like, there, there's, there, you know, there's a bunch of Autobots and their, their lives are all going to be, like, forfeit or whatever. They're all going to be slaves unless they win the money. And the funny part is, like, if you think this is going to be a life lesson about telling kids how gambling's bad and it's wrong, okay? Like, you couldn't be further from the truth because Smokescreen basically cheats his way into the entire stash. They have more than enough money. And even Bosch is like, come on, we have more than enough. Let's go. And, of course, it's the commercial break, so Smokescreen's like, I'm betting it all. And then, of course, the one guy, like, clicks off his little wire and then he loses it all. And, and I, I don't know, it's like, it cracks me up. And then, and then the, the, I mean, that's essentially where the gambling part of it ends. And then after that, like they basically, that, that plan has gone up shit's Creek. Right. And so guy can, he's like, Oh, well too bad. So sad. We're putting the Autobots in these gladiatorial games and everything like that. And then, Dirge and Ramjet show up on Astro Train, and it's almost like Lord Gaikany is like he's a pit boss for a space casino, but like somehow like Megatron has his hands in the space casino, like he gets a cut of the Energon, and Dirge and Ramjet are like accusing him of of taking some some Energon off the top, and and he's all nervous because he is cutting you know he is taking skimming from the top and all this other stuff i don't know what guy can he guy can he seems to be organic so i don't know what they use energon for or energon chips for but anyway he's nervous and but but at the same time it's almost like he's in command of you know like he's, he's kind of like the the governor of the, the the planet so he's also kind of their boss at the same time, even though they're strong arming him at the same time. And so when the Autobots show up like smokescreen, and then of course the, the highlight of the episode, which is, is Devcon, who is a Autobot bounty hunter who did not have a toy at the time and was this completely original to the Sunbow cartoon character. He shows up bounty hunting Astro train Ramjet and dirge, and they run into smoke screen and then they make friends and everything and then i think he saves him inadvertently or he saves uh Sleazardo inadvertently from from getting squished or whatever and so basically then Sleazardo owes him a wookie life debt and then uh they they basically have to like smoke screen has to use his smoke trick like 17 times in this episode to get them out of jams he uses it in the gladiatorial games so that they can help with, uh, you know, the Autobots not getting slagged by all these monsters because I think Gaikany rigs their Energon so that they have uh, a big rush of it at the beginning and then they lose it all so that he can rig all the bets and, and, and fix all the, you know, the, the gambling that's being done on those matches. And then basically after that, Ramjet and Thrust are the only ones with real Energon. So they're going after Smokescreen and chasing them down. And then that's when DevCon shows up and takes out uh, the Decepticons and they get into, you know, a firefight and all this kind of stuff. I think Astrotrain gets 
energoned up eventually so he can participate in the fight instead of just sitting there. And at that point, Gaikany is kind of like trying to get all the Autobots, the, the enslaved Autobots on the shuttle and all this energon that he's been skimming so that Megatron gets off his back. But then, you know, the, the Autobots basically are, uh, you know, they, they, they save the day or whatever and, and, and get their friends back and, and the whole nine yards. And then again, like you'd think they'd learn their lesson and be like, oh, yeah, gambling, like what a racket. Like we should never do that again, kids. But instead, they're like, well, since we're here, might as well go back to Monicus and go gamble again and everybody's like come on guys it's time to go gamble and even fucking Optimus stupid fucking prime all right Autobots transform and gamble out you know and they fucking go off to gamble until they decide to take the ship back home and that's I mean that's pretty much the events of the gambler from season two and that was my Tony style synopsis did you like that that was pretty good right <laughs> Off the cuff. I, this, I mean, this episode wasn't ever like a favorite episode, but I think you like hit the nail on the head when you say when you said like, you know, well, DEFCON is like the standout part of it. Like, I think everyone kind of latched onto him, like said, oh, who's this guy? You know, the same way, like latch onto guys like, you know, Alpha Trion or Straxus yeah, or yeah. Scrounge or anyone who didn't have a toy. Like, basically, you're like, what? You know, why, why doesn't this guy have a toy? Like, he's cool. Over the years, he has had a few, like, exclusive toys, but he's, as of this recording, he's getting an official, like, you know, mainline toy in the legacy line, like, that's based on his appearance here. So that's, you know, what, 30-something years in the making. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, like, you know, this is a nice, I guess, going by season two's formula, this is a spotlight episode for Smokescreen. So, mm -hmm. like, uh, um, yeah, it's it's spotlight smokescreen and 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 DevCon is also kind of like a, a featured special guest and everything. I mean, I I think the reason why because I I think our mandate was that we we were not only spotlighting season two episodes, but we were going to try to spotlight season two episodes that we thought were were really good or or pretty good or that we were just really fond of or, you know, something, something, you know, that we were positive of, like not, not the immobilizer or something that had like really shitty animation or, you know, not carnage and C minor or Autobot or any of that shit. Right. And, and we had already talked about war Dawn, which is, is a pretty great season two episode, but there, there were plenty of season two episodes that we hadn't discussed. And I, I kind of knew what you guys were going to, to bring to the party. And so I thought of this for a couple different reasons. And I think that the main reason why I'm, I'm sort of fond of it is I feel like I kind of studied it or overstudied it kind of back maybe a little before we first started the podcast, because I think uh, when I was, I was going to DeVry and I had come back from LA and everything and was living in the Bay area again, I was going back to school at DeVry and I was, you know, trying to come up with like creative things to do or whatever. And that's that's kind of when history of comics on film started getting the, the, the gestation of that. And it was kind of before we were doing the podcast. But like one thing I did try to do and, and Mike might remember this, but I, I, I wrote this little short story on DeviantArt and it was basically like a, a bounty hunter type story. And I think it was mostly like Death's Head was in it. But the the idea was I was I was thinking about that Hollywood Park casino job I had and was trying to, like, do the whole write what, you know, type thing. But I was infusing that into, like, some kind of, you know, fantasy thing. And I went, oh, OK, I can set it on Monica's and it can be on the gambling planet. And then I can put in all these wacky, you know wacky things you know that i heard at the casino which was basically like you know i i heard some wackadoo say you know because it's like they you know they used to want to um you know i i worked i was a proposition player and i worked for a like a third party corporation right and they hated us they hated our guts because they would always lose because essentially we were the house right and 
it's not exactly like a fun part of my life, like that I want to revisit. Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't like it that much. But at the time, it was pretty fresh in my mind. And like one of the things that somebody said that always stood out to me because of how crass and fucking stupid it was was you know they, they would always want the bank to lose right because that would mean they'd win and so you know something that maybe a normal crazy gambler person would say is blow up the bank like blow it up blow up the bank right so that they can get all the money right but this one guy says blow up the bank like it's the twin towers and he literally said that right and and i just thought what an asshole like, you know, like what a fucking asshole. And um, and so I wanted to use that somehow. And like, I remember the short story. I think I said something like, you know, it was like they they were they had a bank of like Shannix and Energon or what, you know, whatever it was in my stupid fanfic or whatever, my short story. And and I, I think I tried to transpose it like, you know, the guy was saying, like, blow it up like Iacon City or, you know, like some some shit like that. Right. Something that would be equally as as a uh, low class and crass in, in that kind of gambling environment or whatever. So like, you know, it, it's like, like I said, it's not like the greatest highlight of my life, but I sort of lived it for five years. And then because I was writing that little short story, it's like, I, I remember watching this episode in particular multiple times, you know, trying to get all the nuances of it down and, and, and kind of stick some of that into like a little short story. And, I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying, but, you know, this is obviously my jam because it's a space casino, you know, <laughs> like it's in space. And so, like, I, I also think it's kind of like a prototype for season three episodes. Like this is this is a season three episode before season three came along, you know, like like it, it, the Autobots and the Decepticons are there, but they're not on Earth. They're in space and they're encountering different aliens on different planets. And even Slizardo or, you know, somebody from his species, you know, they, they make more appearances in in season three as well. And I, I even think like, I don't know, is, is Lord Guy supposed to be the same or so, something similar to that other guy from five faces of darkness, you know, like the, you know, I, I can't remember his name, but you know, like all those little chatterhead like oh, aliens, yeah. the, the you know, pig sort yeah. of guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I don't think they're the same. They're very you know, like, similar, but I don't but, think but they're, they're, the they're kind of like similar. Species, yeah, yeah. Right. So it's like, I don't know. To, to me, it's like this is this is like a prototype for a season three episode. So th- to me, that sort of explains, you know, my my fondness for it. Like DevCon, too, in, in some ways, is a prototype for the season three cast. Right. Because he's kind of like a gruff old cup that's like a deadly bounty hunter, you know, like it's like if, if, if freaking Deathstroke, the Terminator was cup, you know, like that's kind of, that's kind of what Devcon is. And like, he also, you know, he, he doesn't have any kind of earth mode. It's like, he has the quote unquote, cool futuristic kind of plane, you know, spacecraft thing that he turns into. And, you know, you know, part of you is kind of sitting there going, uh, you know, he, I guess he doesn't do it until the very, very end of the episode and finally transform. And there, there is that, like when you're first watching it, you're kind of like, does this guy transform? Like, why is he just running after smoke train when he's in car mode? Like, is this guy so, so damaged or so old or whatever? So brittle that he can't transform? Like what, what, you know, has he seen so much action that his transformer cog is busted? Like what's going on with him? But, you know, at the end, he turns into a spaceship and, and, and rockets off with Sleazardo or whatever. And so, you know, I don't know that that's kind of why I'm, you know, what, why I thought of it, you know, why I'm sort of fond of it. So, I mean, I, I, I do find it, you know, cool from that vantage point. It's basically a space transformer episode. I love space, uh, you know, so that's kind of that's kind of my jam as far as that goes. I guess I'm the odd man out because I never latched on the DevCon. Like, to me, he was just a guy who showed up in one episode. We never saw him again, and he didn't have a toy. So I just, I don't know, I just never saw him in what you you guys did, I guess. And as for the rest of the episode, it, I don't know, I always thought it was really weird. Like, all the gambling stuff and, like, the casino, it kind of feels like, bits and pieces of star wars and then you've got like the fight pit at the end mm-hmm. like 
like I always wanted more of the fight pit, like the casino stuff I could give a shit about, but like the fight pit with the animalians or whatever, I was like, well, that's what you should be focusing on. Like these, like they've built these things up, like, Oh, like not even the Autobots or they could take on these things. And Oh, I'm just going to give them enough energy to like make it look like they'll win. But then when the power runs out, like they're done for, like, I was like, I want more of these like monster alien things that are supposed to be like, super badass but we're we're stuck with like gambling and cheating at gambling and optimus is telling us to go gamble at the end of the episode i was just like i want <laughs> i want more of the alien like gladiator pit like that's what i wanted i was just gonna say it's funny you say like you know defcon is like a proto cup because like he's voiced by john stevenson who also voiced cup like in season three yeah and yeah. you know John, I think John Stevenson is really underrated because he voiced a lot of characters, but he I gets he gets kind of like overshadowed by a lot of people. But he also voices Bosch in this episode, so he's voicing like the two main like mm. you know original characters in this episode. He's he's, he's earning that uh, SAG card. He's he's yeah. doing his three voices. <laughs> you know. And what made me laugh was I like I had you in my head, Derek, because I was thinking like he also voiced Professor X in Pro- Pride of the X Men. So I was like, oh, oh Professor yeah, X is going, yeah. he, he's going to the casino to get his money for the school. <laughs> like, you know, like. As for me, I have the ability to see into people's minds. Their minds? Oh, don't worry, child. I don't use my gift recklessly. He also voiced uh, he 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 has the distinction of voicing Professor X in Pride of the X Men and one of our favorite versions of Magneto in the Fantastic Four cartoon from the uh, yeah the Wonder what a wooden gun he voices uh, Alpha Trion too and uh, who else uh, like Gears and no not Gears uh, Wind Charger and Huffer I believe too so. You know, he he always, you know, he had a pretty large repertoire. I think people mostly know him, like, in general for voicing, like, Mr. Slate on the Flintstones. Like, Flintstone? You know, so. I was going to ask, how how much of the ancillary DevCon material are you familiar with, Mike? I've, I've read all the BotCon comics where, well, it's funny because, like, when he shows up in the BotCon car- comics, he's, like, totally different. Like, in the cartoon, he's, like, a nice guy. But, like, in the BotCon comics, he's, like, an asshole. Like, because, yeah, he, I he, guess. Well, it seems like, every, I mean, because because it's, like, I, I noticed the the beginning half of those are written by, I don't know, some German guy or something like that. And then, and then the back half is written by Furman. But when Furman's writing it, DevCon's nowhere to be seen. And the majority of those are just like, here's a comic with all the repainted toys we're going to have at, you know, the convention or, you know, what, whatever's yeah. going on with that, which, you know, whatever, for, for what it's worth, it's fine. Right. And, you know, I used to look at those and there were some things I thought were cool, but like, it does seem like it really smacks of, and, and you know, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm going to deal with this until the day I die, but there, there, it's like, there's, there's always these, you know, to me, insane fanboys, and they somehow write insane fanfic. It's like, oh, let's blow up Wheelie and Daniel because that'll be so cool. Let's, let's have Hot Rod get demoted and look like a dipstick and say, uh, talk about all the bad command decisions he made. And I'm kind of like, Optimus Prime just sent them back to a planet to gamble. Like, don't fucking tell me about bad <laughs> command decisions. Like, you know, and and even when you're reading that book, I was just like, dude. That sounds like a fine command decision. It's not his fault. The expeditions he sent off to search for future Unicrons sounds pretty bright to me. Uh, you know, didn't come back, right? Like that's not his fault. Nothing to do with him, but whatever. Anyway, there there's all this kind of very um disparaging kind of writing in terms of like a lot of those characters and devcon is definitely part of that because he shows up he's at like some kind of beast wars recolor of something right and then uh, and then the the notion is what he got he got maxi zoom dweebied when uh beast machines megatron took over and made everybody viacons i guess and that you know j- just like you know rat trap and 
and uh, Rhinox and everybody got character assassinated in Beast Machines. I guess DevCon got character assassinated too. And and the the ultimate like cherry, you know, I guess you know poison cherry, I guess if you will, on top of the whole thing is by the end of it they put him back in his old school body and they they pay homage to Slizardo but it's totally awful because he's like oh yeah that guy he 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 helped me track somebody down and then I fucking jettisoned him his ass out into space and i'm just like autobots don't fucking jettison organics into space like Okay, whatever. Like it, it's a, it was funny to me because that just talk about something that like somebody thought was like edgy and cool at the time that like to me like probably shouldn't have held up to begin with, but certainly doesn't hold up like you know twenty whatever years yeah, later. You know, you know, you know what? It's like when when they 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 um continued like or well they concluded that like you know botcon story and like a text story that I read, I think it was like the finale to the Wrecker series or whatever that the BotCon comics had going. But I remember it's like, it was written by like different people than the ones who started off those comics. And they kind of like had DEF CON say like, you know, someone said, didn't you, didn't you say you threw like Sleazardo out an airlock? And he was like, well, yeah, but I gave him a survival kit first. Like, you know, I'm not an asshole or whatever. Mm. So like they were trying to like patch that almost, but yeah, I and I never I mean, I, I don't think a lot of them are translated or if they are, I don't know where to find them at this point. So you'd have to hook me up. But like a lot of those, um, the the I guess the Japanese comics for timelines or whatever it's called, like like apparently DevCon was in those and there I don't know, there's something in there about that he binary bonded with Cesardo and they, they became a headmaster or some shit. Yeah. Like they, in beast wars uprising, like they mentioned oh, okay. Devcon okay. like binary bonded with Cesardo at some point, okay. but that's just, you know, in that that's, alternate that's... timeline or okay. whatever. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. Well, I let, let me put it this way that, that, that might be, just as much fanfic as the, the, the convention comics, but at least to, to be, it's got a nice positive slant to it. It doesn't make you feel like terrible inside. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's cool that, you know, I mean, I, you know, yeah, he, it might not be a character that stands out to everybody, but let me put it this way. Yeah. I, I, I am on record. I mean, I, I, I think season two is, pretty fucking awful like in general like so and i don't have that much nostalgia or fondness for it so the fact that like we can celebrate a few episodes like and i i think these are all in their own ways worth celebrating you know what we're talking about tonight so you know it's basically i guess that's just my way of saying hey i i don't think this episode is completely awful you know so that's that's essentially coming from me that's that's the highest praise i can give like most season two episodes. Like, I think this is one of the above average ones, even with, you know, its flaws and whatever, mm-hmm. and like, mm-hmm. you know, and like you said that, like maybe there's like too much or uh, Justin, I think you said too, like there's a lot of stuff happening in this episode and they kind of have to gloss over shit. Like, it's like, you know, did like, it's like, you know, did smoke screen forget that like Bosch was like holding his like friends hostage or whatever. And then, like, now, then they're all of a sudden, like, at the midway point of the episode, all of a sudden they're, like, the best of friends now or something. Yeah, but, like, whatever, you know, it it, it, it has to, like, breeze by, like, in 20 minutes because it's, a, you know, a kid's cartoon, but. Dude, Prime, this gambling slaver, he's my friend now. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I, I, Justin, I think you're next, and your your episode also introduces a beloved one-shot uh original cartoon character. So why don't you uh, tell us about that episode? My episode is Kajik! It is my synopsis. <laughs> um, I'm going to I'm going to put original in air quotes. Original character. Because I think I think he's got quite a few influences as, as we as we watch the show. I think I think I came up with about at least three major comparisons. So I guess this is one of my like tropes, you know, like I think Mike said this a long time ago. It's like if there's a guy who's like 
a, a robot or android or a guy with a sword, like that's who I gravitate towards, and that's true. I also like characters like Zeke, who are just kind of like chaos and mischievous. So, like to me, like Zeke is kind of like a, a gremlin, mm-hmm. or pro- probably one of the, like various little uh, mischief makers that Derek is going to name because there are many of. You know, uh, David Wise has kind of reused this idea. Like, I, Ninja Turtles off the top of my head comes to mind. But um, I, I don't know. I just like characters who are just complete chaos. Like, you don't know what they're going to do. And they're kind of like, I don't know, childlike in a way. And that's what Crimson is. He's this ball of chaos. He's made of energy. And he can, like, travel through computers and through satellites and tv screens and he can screw up everything (laughs) and he pretty much only says his name i think the only thing he says is what he says uh, choo-choo when he sees the bullet train and then he says something like they say something something's bad at the end of the episode or no good i can't remember exactly i i I just watched this like an hour ago and i've already forgot but he (laughs) says something like a bad or no good or you know at the very end but um, I don't know, man. Like I, I guess I am a little bit of a hypocrite because I poo pooed DevCon and he he doesn't have a toy. And we never saw him again. But like, I love Crimzeek, so I guess that makes me, you know. Uh, well, I mean, Crimzeek was was in his own way beloved, like DevCon was by a certain part of the fan base. I mean, he had he he did have toys i mean i mean i think that wasn't there like a pack-in or something with like the masterpiece megatron or something like that yeah like i they've they've made like tiny little mini figure critiques for like several of them with various toys yeah so i mean i i I don't i don't think that's that hypocritical i mean to, to me like what you're saying makes sense and it also makes sense in terms of you know things you shared with us i mean i feel like your chaotic crimson is like you sticking figures in the microwave and watching them melt you know what i mean like like that that whole kind of you know the the chaos aspect that appeals to you you know or the childlike aspect or whatever i mean uh, it, it's it the episode is kind of like chaos too because i i feel like there's just a bunch of crazy tropes that are all thrown together because Megatron is kind of like the Dr. Frankenstein to Crimson's Frankenstein monster. You know, it's like, he's sitting there going, ah, my Crimson, you know? And it's just kind of like, it, it, and, 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 and Starscream's like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, like, like, and, and, and it, it's kind of funny because it's like, I, I I don't know. It's 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 almost like you know. It's like it's like Khan, you know, with his little fucking earworms and all that. Other, you know what I mean? It's like it's like this thing can probably even give Megatron pause, but for some reason he's kind of like, oh, it's so cute. Like let's let's send it against the Autobots, right? But then there's the stuff in this where. Like I go back to my default of season two sucks and everything in it is stupid because like, why does the front door of the arc have like zero fucking security? Like why can thrust just like fly on by? Nobody tries to shoot at thrust. Nobody. There's no auto cannons that are like fucking thrust. Like you're a Decepticon. I'm going to blow you out of the sky before you even get to the front door. But no thrust can just like drop off a fucking box with Crimson through the open fucking entrance that has like no wall, no bars, no force field, no nothing like, and I'm just kind of like, well, the, you know, the Autobots get what they deserved and nobody, nobody fucking tell me that Rodimus is a shitty leader when the Ark has like no fucking security and all you have to do is dump a fucking box through the front door. It's like mail call, Crimson fucking killing you all, like just through the front door. One comparison I thought of when I was watching this was like if Slimer was a ghost that like killed people then you'd get Crimson, or or maybe if he was a ghost that like possessed people like the exorcist or something because i feel like like that's part of it right because it's like he's not i mean he, he he's he's taking out autobots but in some ways it's like when he jumps into an autobot then they start doing the deo dance or some shit you know what i mean like they they start you know shake 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 sonora and all that kind of crap like to through the 
through the episode, like whoever gets kind of uh, enveloped with the chaos that is Crimzeek and everything. And like going back to like why I think season two episodes are stupid. Like, wait, so Crimzeek takes out at least two Autobots when he first shows up. He gets let through the front door and he takes out at least two Autobots. But fucking Sparkplug thinks he can fucking catch it barehanded. I mean, I know Sparkplug comes up with the the the. Uh, I don't know, the the preventative, you know, sheen so that Optimus doesn't get messed up by Crimson. But I'm just kind of like, I don't know, it just cracks me up that Sparkplug's like, oh, look, this just took out two giant powerful Autobots. Here, let me go, let me go wrestle with it barehanded and catch it. Like, and I'm just kind of like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? I don't know. Anyway, um, and <laughs> would you rather would you rather have Sparkplug like turned into a like blackened charred corpse like weapon? Well, there, there, that's one option. The other option is if if he's going to be the smart human and insulate the Autobots with some fucking foam, like maybe he's like, oh, hey, let me put on some fucking insulated mittens that I've been working on in my fucking workshop. And then he tries to grab the fucking guy. Then maybe it'd be fine. But he's just he's just like, hey, I'm barehanded. Like, let me let me wrestle with the fucking electric fucking element of chaos. It's just like, come on. I don't know. And then, and then the other thing that was cracking me up is like uh, uh, Optimus has this like line, and I was just like, "Finish the line, Optimus," because he's like, "No, all we have to do is find the little shit," you know. <laughs> That's basically what he's like talking about. And of course, Optimus is still a shitty leader because he brought Omega Supreme and didn't insulate him. And it's fine if he needs Omega Supreme to travel all the way to Japan. I can understand that. But if you had the fucking foresight to know that you can't insulate Omega because he's just that big and Sparkplug doesn't have enough of that fucking foam shit to insulate him, then I'd be like, thanks for dropping me off, Omega. Now get the fuck out of here immediately. But instead it's like, oh yeah, we forgot. Omega is totally not insulated. Hey, bro. You better leave now. We forgot. Sarcasm not appreciated. Some of the animation sucks. Like Bumblebee's eyes are too big, and like the the bullet trains from Japan look like wet noodles. And I don't know. There's there's weird scale shit going on. Like where like Blaster and Bumblebee and Inferno are like riding on Optimus Prime, or like Optimus Prime looks like he could ride on Inferno in later shots. Like it's I don't know. That's all kind of weird. The the other comparison I thought of, and Justin already brought it up because he said, you know, Crimzeek is like a gremlin. And I, I, I really think it's like Steven Spielberg's gremlins because, you know, in that midway point, Crimzeek multiplies like they fed him after midnight or some shit. Right. And you got like Saturday morning gremlins with all these different fucking colored gremlins like they're fucking Skittles or some shit coming out and being chaos Skittles or whatever. And then the one Crimzeek grows to like kaiju size and it's in Japan. So clearly that is a homage to Godzilla. But then it kind of goes on top of the Tokyo Tower thing, which is, I don't know, Mothra and King Kong and all kinds of shit. Right. And I don't know, you know, there's there's like to me, like a sense of irony that like they could have sent this animation that I think is kind of shitty to a Japanese studio that was really good because it was actually in, you know, Japan. But I, I don't think this was animated by anybody from Japan. I don't know what what on, on the TF wiki. It's a sunbow. I don't even know what that means. Like, does that mean it was done in house? I thought they sent all of it overseas. I mean, but, to me, it seemed uh, like it I'm like looking a- at that. I'm looking at that page right now, and it said the animation studio is unknown for this episode. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah. whoever it was sucked. So, um, yeah. sorry, Justin. But um, the the like, I I, I appreciate the love for Crimson because Crimson is cute. It's it's almost Pokemon like in its cuteness, you know. So like that, I can appreciate like, and and I kind of like the fact that like him and Megatron like seem to have a a bond or whatever. Like I think that's funny, um, but like. Uh, as far as anything outside of that, it's like, you know, Crimson is cool because the Autobots look like fucking 
doofuses like throughout the entire episode. Um, and then the, the other thing I noticed was there, there were lots of animation errors, but like the one that was kind of my favorite was like um, uh, Opie doing the thing in the Twilight Zone with the people with no mouth, like like Crimzeek's like Opie in the Twilight Zone episode. Like, because at one point the animation error is like, oh my God, Starscream doesn't have a mouth. And he's like, Aah. so anyway, <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, I, I, I noticed uh, I, like this is one of those episodes that I probably only seen like maybe twice before. Like it's not something I'd revisit. Like, of course, everyone like Justin said, everyone remembers Krem Zeke. Like, I mean, he's super memorable, but everything surrounding him in this episode is very forgettable and very like, you know, like like you said, like poor animation, poor, you know, just the the plot isn't that great. It's, you know, but but. Um, you're I forgettable and poorly animated. <laughs> you're for- <laughs> I am. I am. I'm very. I have very. I have a very low frame rate. Yeah, but you're poorly plotted. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Well, I, I, I was laughing because it's funny that you like compared him to Slimer because, but Justin wasn't Crimzeek was like the secret bad guy of like the Transformers Ghostbusters crossover, wasn't he? Like. Like they they, they yeah. did the same they did the same thing to Crimzeek that they did with Devcon. Like they made him all edgy and shit. Like he was like Dark Orco. Like he was the secret bad guy of the Transformers was, Ghostbusters crossover. Was he edgy in that? Was he? A yeah. Man? Like he was like all hu- he was like all humanoid and like uh, like he had a cape and shit. Like uh, like okay. yeah, I just went to the Crimzeek page on the wiki. Yeah, he's he he he's like super dark Crimzeek. Yeah. I like how when like Crimzy turns Godzilla size, he's voiced by um, Roger Carmel, who did Cyclonus. Uh, he's like Crimzy, Crimzy. And then uh, remember, uh, also me, me and you, Derek, will remember this. Like Crimzy uh, also made a, an appearance in Skio, uh, Shioli's Transformers oh, yeah, yeah. versus GI Joe. He was like, like the dark god, yeah, devourer Crimzy. of souls or something. Yeah, like they they encountered him in the Matrix. Like you know, so I mean, I mean, Crimzy seems to be like an Easter egg in lots of stuff, right? Because there's like the the. What is it? The Crimson Cola or whatever the hell it is. You know, the energy drinks that the Autobots drink. Yeah. And uh-huh. like there was like the little uh, Transformers animated power outage thing or whatever. Like when the I think the TV outage happens or something. Yeah. You know, so there's they're, they're, they, they they use uh, the 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 cute factor of Crimson in in later. I don't know. uh shows and, and and comics and things like that so i mean it, it definitely has a life outside of this episode yeah in the um transformers devastation game you can collect little cram zeeks that were like hidden in the various parts of the game <laughs> i thought it was funny like you know you were talking about how this episode might have not even been animated in japan but of course like you know all the Japanese people have to be voiced by like the in-house talent, like doing mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. relatively like poor like Japanese accents or whatever. But like I, I did laugh at the like the doctor where he was like, you know, like, oh, like the Autobots, like honored to meet you. Did you wreck my factory or whatever? <laughs> and like Optimus is like, no, 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 doctor. Like, I think I think I, I think most people today would have a big hissy fit over the the doctor's portrayal. I think I think the one thing that maybe saves it or or sells it is is the way Peter Cullen addresses him because he you know he's just kind of like oh. Dr. Yoshikawa, you have been a great help to us. Thank you so much. You know, or whatever. You know, it's like it's like he's I don't know what what it is, but it's just you you can hear the the respect in his voice despite the potential lack of respect in the portrayal, I guess. I don't know. I also like when Optimus is explaining to uh Yoshikawa, he's like, No, doctor, there's a creature in your TV plant or whatever. It's made of pure energy, and he's like you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I like when Teletran 1 was malfunctioning. And it's like, alert, alert, evil Martian flamingos have invaded supermarkets across the planet. Like, you know, they've like, come to like, steal Earth's ammonia. Like, I like how the, uh, the, the U.S. Army is like, 
monitoring the Autobot frequency, and they're like, what did that shit come from? Man, what are the Autobots drinking, smoking? Like, what's going on over there? You know, like, I don't know. That's I, also, I also laughed at the end when Blaster comes up with the suggestion, and Prime is like, oh, Blaster, you finally came up with a plan. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how invested he was in this. Yeah. I'm just management. I don't know how to do shit. Thank God Blaster's here. <laughs> what 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 do you guys think of like the ending? Like, you know, where oh, they have good. to like like, you know, euthanize Crimson kinda. Like, you know, it's is it that out of place that like they treat it like they're like, you know, killing it like sorta or Oh, I I just thought you meant like the act, like the the end after that, which oh the the, he, the here like we go again, and it basically and, negates that entire like if if that was supposed to have any kind of weight or or seriousness to it, like I mean the fact that Crimson pops out of Blaster at the end, and they're like, oh boy, here we go again, like that that just makes it kind of like oh well, like almost like. Uh, I, I I don't know, you know, it's like a, a a firefly or something. You know what I mean? It's just like okay, well, we 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 raided we raided the first Crimson and and now here comes another bug uh, to do this all over again. You know, I don't know. Were you were you were you sad when they uh, the, the like when I I thought it was kind of cheeseball like Prime like closing his eyes and pushing the trigger like i'm kind of like come on spare me but but like were you were you upset that they took out crimson did you expect them to do that justin like what was your take on the quote-unquote euthanization of uh of crimson i mean i wasn't upset because he comes back at the end like there's another yep. one there, yep. so i wasn't upset at all is that is that also an homage to Godzilla that they oxygen destroyer his ass and then that every Crimson that's appeared after that is the the second Crimson that popped out of Blaster just like the Godzilla and Godzilla raids again is like some other Godzilla that did not get skeleton by the oxygen destroyer so like maybe maybe the original Crimson can come back as Kiryu and be Mecha Crimson. <laughs> If only mosaics were around, you could write that. Yep. Mecha Crimson. <laughs> Mecha K. Mecha K. <laughs> well, maybe maybe in the next live action Transformers movie, they can bring in Crimson and have like Jamie Foxx play him or something. And Crimson can be like, they lied to me. Like, you know. Any anything else, Justin or Crimson? Yo, Crimson, you my number one guy. <laughs> fair play, fair play. All right, well, you know that was Crimson, and uh, um, we'll go on to my episode, which was Starscream's Brigade, which is, I think, a uh, of, of season two episodes. I think it's probably one a lot of people like remember, and uh, like I, I'm just gonna there's like. TV Tropes wrote a little paragraph as to what happens in it, so I'll just read that. Another failure to topple Megatron in a prompt island exile hardly deters Starscream. Abandoned World War II-era vehicles and stolen personality components provide the tools he needs. In no time, the five Combaticons are online and serving Starscream. These five quickly prove formidable when they are apart and also when they are in their combined form of Bruticus. Can Megatron possibly overcome Starscream and Bruticus? So, yeah, that's that's all it says. But, I mean, yeah, that, people, like you know, like I said, I think this is one of the more memorable episodes of Season 2. Like, I think it's like the heavy metal war of Season 2, kind of, where it introduces, like, a new combining team. It's mostly, like, an overlong, like, you know toy commercial with a bunch of fight scenes in it. But I think, you know, it... it it has like it's feels consequential, I guess. Like it has like things that happen that seem like they're going to, you know, have lasting consequences, and that's probably pretty rare in season two. But uh, I mean, do you guys like? I, I this was an episode I watched a lot more than the Gambler and Creme Zeke, just because you that's, know. That's also true for me. I think it was like when I 
uh, you know, I before you know the era of DVDs and stuff like that, and even before I sort of, I I would say the era of double decker VCRs and easily making dupe tapes and all that kind of stuff. I remember my one of my good friends, and I probably talked about this before, but his brother you know, had an entire Transformers collection and they, they taped all the episodes and all this other stuff. And I kind of knew that at least I had an in there. It was kind of like, you know, person to person file sharing, you know, back when there wasn't anything like that, you know, and I was like, Oh, Hey, you know, at the time we would hook up like two VCRs together or whatever. I think I'd bring over like my VCR and hook it up to his VCR and then, you know, essentially it was like a mixtape. So I think it was like, you know, I was trying to put in like episodes that I thought were cool. You know, the return of Optimus Prime two-parter and, you know, the, the I think like maybe Heavy Metal War. Like there, there were certain episodes I just thought were really cool. And one of those was Starscream's Brigade. So that was on this one single tape that was kind of like a a greatest hits tape or a best of tape that I originally made. And I think later on, I think back when I had a double decker VCR, I actually borrowed like his entire collection and then just duped everything, you know, so that I could watch, you know, whatever. And then maybe I'd say like two or three years after that, the Rhino DVDs came out or maybe even the, the, the Rhino VHS tapes and then the DVDs and all that stuff. So eventually those were not, you know, something I, I guess I needed, but at the time it was like this gold mine of nostalgia or whatever, just watching these old, you know, I think they were on like WGN, you know, mostly recordings and, you know, reruns and things like that. But I, I frequently watched this episode a lot, you know, so, so it definitely stands out. I think, you know, when you say it's, it had consequences, I, I feel like I understand what you're saying, and I don't I, I I I think it's true in the sense that like the the Combaticons became part of the Decepticon army like that never went away. Right. Like that's a lasting consequence of the episode. But I also think like sometimes the. The visual of the episode, like like what always struck me is, you know, to this day, whether it's, you know, uh, Hasbro toys or third party toys or whatever it is, you know, like that, that's one of those things like people love to recreate, like your avatar where it's like Bruticus's head and, and Starscream is standing on his shoulder, basically, you know, commanding his new combiner, you know, he, you know, I've prepared for this. He thought of this ahead of time or whatever, and, and made sure that the combaticons could combine and all that other stuff. Right. And I mean, I'll go to these transformer meetups and stuff. And that's like, you know, the, the great thing about those third party, like new age type toys or whatever, because they're of one scale, but then you put them with these giant masterpiece scale combiners. And it's like, you can essentially recreate that moment where you've got a tiny little star scream sitting on like Bruticus's shoulder. And you're like, Oh, that's so fucking cool. You know, like it looks, you know, it, it, it encapsulates the episode and it, it sort it sort of helps you relive the episode and, you know, kind of, anybody who grew up on it like you kind of get the feels when you see the toys like in those disparate scales like put together and it just it just looks really cool and everything and um bruticus was one of my favorite combiners so this episode always stood out to me as far as that went and then you know i've always loved the interplay between starscream and megatron like it's it's always been uh, a crucial component of of my enjoyment of transformers so you know it's like you you know for me like that that end you know no star scream not bruticus your leader Megatra-, you know like i i love all that shit at the end because it's like that's that's like the best shit you know like it's 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 super fun i think i think too that the I mean, maybe it's just me, but in this, the Autobots are kind of like an afterthought to like the this little civil war skirmish between Starscream and Megatron. And I think that's 
also what makes it fun because you're like, oh, these guys are both like bad, right? So I mean, you know, and it's like, and and you're almost like, oh, this could this kind kind of go either way. Like I don't know how this is, you know, like if it was the Autobots fighting all these guys, then you kind of know, oh, well, at the end of the day, you know, I don't know, the Autobots will make a combiner. Or, something will happen. Omega Supreme will show up like something, something will happen and they'll fix it. Right. But with this, you're kind of like, I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. You know? So again, Optimus prime, great leader that he is. He's like, you know, when they show up to the fight, they're like, you know, he's like, Oh good. Like jazz and cliff jumper are unguarded. This is our chance to rescue them. <laughs> Ratchet grapple, <laughs> go get jazz and cliff jumper. <laughs> he's like, Oh, we'll, we'll wait back here. I will I will supervise from back here. But yeah, I mean, like the Combaticons and Bruticus are probably my favorite combining team and, uh, you know, combiner. So, I mean, and this is their debut spotlight, you know, whatever you want to call it. And, and they'll get more spotlights in the future. But did you guys wonder about like the the cre- like I, I feel like, you know, like the first time something like this came up in the. The Marvel comics, I feel like it was when, you know, Smokescreen and Hoist and Inferno and Grapple and, you know, all those guys were introduced for the first time. And they had like their little, I don't know what they called them, like little brain circuits or, you know, you know, basically they had to transfer their essences into these bodies. And and then, you know, hey, we're the new Autobots. My name's Smokescreen. My name's whatever, you know, and the, the first time they introduced some concept of like oh you know you you have to infuse these things with life and that there's you know somewhere in on cybertron there was you know some kind of you know existence in a, like a little bottle somewhere or whatever it was and like i i feel like this episode's the first time that was sort of brought up on the cartoon like i i don't ever remember them having to like explain i mean starscream has to like go to the i don't know the the penitentiary basically it's like it's like these guys were supposedly so nasty that megatron had them locked up because they were like political dissidents or some shit you know what i mean and it's like i don't know it's funny and then and then they're little little energon things and then he just kind of sticks them inside these old world war ii vehicles and then instead of uh and somehow that magically turns them from you know i don't know a biplane into a freaking space shuttle or whatever but you just kind of go with it but like did you guys ever think about like how transformers life happens you know what i mean like like i i just always thought it was funny that like all it really took was starscream getting on a space bridge and then grabbing some energon ships and sticking those in you know somebody's oil tank and then all of a sudden it's like you know they're alive the uh idea that there were Decepticons like in detention like I remember being fascinated by that because I was like wait a minute you mean like there are Decepticons out there that are so bad or so uncontrollable that like they're locked up in jail basically and it's like not only are they locked down in jail but like their original bodies were destroyed and the only thing that remains is their personality chip and they're basically like I, I just I, they don't ever show it, but I just imagine they're like these little, you know, SD cards and it looks like they're in like a bank vault almost. They've got these little, you know, the little long little slot things. But I was always um, fascinated by that idea. And then like Starscream, it looks like Starscream just blows up the rest of those guys in there. And I was like, what? why don't you just like take all those guys and make, you know, like you if you're on Guadalcanal, like there's probably way more you know, wreckage that you could have dug out of the the island or in the ocean. Like, imagine if Starscream, like, took, like, 12 personality chips instead of blowing them all up. And then he, like, goes into the ocean and he finds, like, a battleship or an aircraft carrier that were sunk. Like, that would be really cool. Like, that that's the stuff I always thought about. I was like, man, Starscream, I, like, I always like Starscream, but there are episodes where you're like, Okay, like if he was real, he's he's stupid, he's ignorant, like he wouldn't survive because like I'm uh, stupid, I'm <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you could have had like a whole army of guys and you could have had like a you know a, a whole army of like World War II like resurrected 
machinery. Like, you could have easily stopped Megatron, but you were so stupid and short-sighted. Like, I don't... I mean, I, I know, I know. Like, it's a cartoon for little kids, but th- these are the things I thought about. I just thought maybe he was trying to cover his tracks somehow. I don't know how mm. important that was, okay. but like, like, like maybe most of them are like hunker dinker doos that were locked up. You know, like, like not the brightest bulbs. But well, he got the like, best of the best. But, but, but he got the best, and then he hey. blew away everything. So it's like, well, we we don't know who he took. So then, then he, it, at least. For the moment, he had the element of surprise. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I think that's why Megatron sort of got caught with his pants down because they they didn't quite know exactly who he kind of fleeced or whatever. You know. Um, another thing is this: according to the Wikipedia, like they started releasing some of these tapes in '99, or I guess re-releasing them or whatever mm. on VHS, and you know the internet was around back then, but it was still, I don't know, it, sometimes it was hard to navigate or to, like, find definitive information. But anyway, like, I didn't know how many VHS tapes were out there. Like, I had Volume 1 and Volume 2, and then I remember a buddy of mine, like, he he would sit and catalog everything he had in a little notebook, and he would write down the stuff he had. Like official stuff, like you know, official Transformers VHS tapes, and then he would like catalog stuff that he he had recorded off Sci-Fi Channel or whatever, and then he would like make little asterisk notes, and he'd be like, "I'm missing, you know, Heavy Metal War or Insecticon Syndrome," and I remember he wrote down like he had you know Volume Three VHS tape, which includes Starscream's Brigade and Autobuserk, and I was like, "Oh, dude, like I didn't know there was a third tape," and he was like, "Oh yeah, you know, it's it's got these episodes." And I remember looking for it, and I never found it. But then, like, the other volumes, like, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, like, I remember finding those at uh, FYE, and I bought those. And then volumes 10, 11, and 12, like, I never saw those anywhere. And those were, like, some of the episodes I really wanted to see again, like Megatron's Master Plan, Ghost in the Machine, The Burden Hardest to Bear, Microbots, like... I had seen those on Sci-Fi Channel when they were rerun, but like I, I wanted to own those episodes too, and I, I never saw those. And then, just to finish this little tangent, like the last Transformers VHS tape I bought was the Reverb, and according to the wiki, it was released May the May the eighth of two thousand and one. And I, I clearly remember going to that FYE where I bought all those VHS tapes and looking for something new, and I'm like, oh man, there's nothing new. And it was like, it wasn't in, you know, the T's or the Transformers. It was like somewhere else. And I was like scanning. I was getting ready to leave. And I was like, all right, let me look look at this section like really quick. And I'm like, oh, hey, like, oh, man, this is great. The Rebirth. I remember watching this. Well, I'm going to buy this. But like that was my like Transformers VHS collecting odyssey. Like I was like, oh, Stress Green Brigade is on VHS. Well, like. I didn't even know that it existed. Well, I've got to find that. Bruticus? No, Starscream! Not Bruticus! It's Megatron, your leader! Megatron, don't please! This time it really is! Goodbye, Starscream! Astrotrain, get him and his giant ally off this planet! Well, I think we've said all we've had to say about, uh, you know, Starscream's Brigade and all the episodes tonight. Uh, yeah. So, like, this was a, you know, a nice look uh, like, like I said, a, a nice change of pace from what we usually like talk about in Transformers and, you know, something I wouldn't have thought of if Justin hadn't been uh, watching, you know, like these episodes. So, yeah, thanks. But uh, Derek, I guess, you know, do the usual thing. If you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, you can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We're on all kinds of social media, so if you want to reach out to us there, we'd be happy to uh, communicate with you on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram. We appreciate all the hearts, likes, retweets, shares that we receive. 
And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Thanks. So this is Mike signing off. This is Derek. Derek WC signing off. Critique! Ah, yes. And, of course, Kremsey. finally came up with a plan, Kremzeek. It ruined your microphone. Yeah, I guess so. He must have shorted it out. That's what you get for trash-talking him. But luckily, my microphone had a bunch of insulation that SparkPlug gave me. Kremzeek!